What a joy it is to be here at the Franklin Avenue campus. Um, uh, my wife and I, we usually attend the, the Crestmont campus, but we're in walking distance. In fact, uh, Annalisa, Rebecca, and I walked here to church today, and that was a joy. So it was good to, to be out here, and it's good to be here today. Um, I'm excited. Worship was awesome. And, you know, as during the worship, some of the songs and some of the things that were said, there was a story that, that I'm going to tell later that I wasn't even sure I was going to tell. But then after just some of the things in worship, I know that, that I have to tell that story. So that's going to be later on. It's just a joy to be here. And who's been enjoying the Exodus series? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just educated two weeks ago how to find the podcast on Spotify. I want to thank, thank you guys who helped me with that. And as far as I know, they're all there except Steve's. Yeah, there was no service. Hey, well, see, I didn't know that. So I was wondering. I'm like, I heard them all except Steve's. So, so it's been a great time. And the way, this is a little different for me because um, we're assigned a portion of Scripture. And as for years, when I came to preach, they're like, oh, you could just preach whatever you want, you know, whatever God lays on your heart. So we're assigned a portion of Scripture. So it's, it's getting used to that. And so today, my portion is Exodus 4.18 to 10.29. Now, we're going to go verse by verse, so get it. No, I'm teasing. Okay. It's a very large portion of Scripture. And there is a lot of good things there, and there's a lot of confusing things in there, and I'm not going to be touching all of it. However, if, if you want to talk to me about some of these things later, you please free, especially um, Exodus 4, 24 and 26. You can call me, we'll talk about that, but I'm not going to talk about it today. But that's an interesting passage. My number is 724, and then it has a bunch of fours and twos, and my wife says I should remember it, remember it but I never do. So, anyway. So, the question is today, is where are we in this storyline so far? Okay, we've had a lot of good sermons so far, on this passage. So let, let's, 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 let's do a review. Okay, where's Israel right now? And this is the time for you to raise your hand and say something. So where's Israel at this time in the story? A little, a little louder because we, we're recording. Egypt. Egypt, okay. How did they get to Egypt? Does anyone know how they got to Egypt? Because of the famine. And they got to Egypt as a blessing, right? It was, they were rescued by going to Egypt. So their time in bondage started out as a blessing. Okay, now that's interesting in our lives. Sometimes bondage starts out as a blessing. Anyway, that's a whole different thing. So, whereas, so they're in Egypt. They started out there in blessing. So what has happened now? They're in Egypt. What's going on at this time in Exodus? They're struggling. Why are they struggling? They are in slavery. They are enslaved. So their bondage, I mean, their blessing has become bondage in this story. Okay, so... 
what is Moses' story? Okay, you guys can. He gets called by God to set the people free. But when did this happen? Yeah, after 40 years. So, so let's go a little depth, in depth in the story. So Moses was called by God, but was he an ordinary Israelite? No. Why? Someone raise their hand. Let's, let's, why? Joy. Yeah. He was delivered himself from the river. And he was raised where? In the palace. In the palace. So he was raised and educated in the highest level of Egypt. Okay. So, what has God noticed during this whole process? What has God noticed so far in the process? Because we're picking up in chapter 4, so we've been through a bunch of chapters already. So what has God noticed? Does anybody know? Say it a little louder. Their bondage. He's noticed their bondage. He has turned his ear to them. And what did he decide to do? What's that? Yeah, he's decided to deliver them. And he's chosen Moses. And that's where we pick up last week. So, okay. So and going through all these passages and all these sermons... You know, there, there's some great stuff. Helen started off and she said this. She said, brag about your wounds that God is working in. I like that. Brooke talked about God's grace as part of your story. Bree talked about all of us have a deliverance story. Um, before we get into this, I want to think about it. Think about your deliverance story. What is your deliverance story? And sh sometime this week, share your deliverance story with someone. And you might be here and say, I don't have a deliverance story. If you don't have a deliverance story, guess what? God wants to give you one. Anyway, anyway, so we're going to get into the passage, all chapters of it. But before that, I do want to have, I have a little story myself, okay? And, um, oh, it's up here already. Good, that quote. This is a little book. When 22 years ago, dating myself, we joined a church that had a prayer chain. And the way, this is because technology, we had, a, we had a prayer chain that people would call. The, someone in the church office would start the prayer chain, and they would call the first person on the list, tell the prayer request, that person would pray with them, call the next person on the list, and, and they would pray, it, and it would just, the prayer would go. Nowadays, we just do a group text, and everybody starts praying at once. So, but we were on the prayer train, and, and the, the, the couple that was on right after us was a, a retired pastor um, who was just full of faith and prayer, and, 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 and we just grew to know them and love them, and his wife was dealing with, with arthritis, so she couldn't do anything. She was 
cripple. This type of arthritis, when you see someone with this arthritis, you knew it because their hands were, I don't know if you've ever seen that type of arthritis. She was just going through it. But we were over there and visiting, and actually we were praying for her. And he gave me a whole set of books. And this is one of them. A whole set of books from when he was in, in college. He went to Nyack Bible College. And, and this set of books is all by A.B. Simpson. And this particular one is Christ in the Bible. And it's Exodus. And it's interesting. I wanted to point this out because I had this in my shelf. And to be honest, I have never done a lot of study in Exodus. And so, so when, when I got this, I've had this for 22 years, and I just pulled it out and read it for the first time. Christ in the Bible, the book of Exodus. I highly recommend it if you can come aboard this book. It's a short little book. I looked online. They're bundling them with a bunch of other Old Testament books. But this book is so life-giving in, in, in our own spiritual walk based in Exodus. It's A.B. Simpson. And I want to start off with one of the quotes here from A.B. Simpson. And it's up here. It says, this is what he says. Exodus is a book of redemption, the inspired record of Israel's deliverance from Egypt and bondage of Pharaoh, and they're entering the theocratic government with Jehovah and Mount Zion through the law and ordinance connected to the, the tabernacle and the priesthood. This is, this is what I like afterwards. It is a great spiritual type of the redemption of the people God through the Lord Jesus Christ, the gracious covenant into which, we, which receives them under the gospel. We may trace the five great stations in the development of this type, namely bondage, redemption, pilgrimage, law, and grace. And if you see this all through Exodus, this, this bondage, redemption, pilgrimage, uh, law, and grace. And as a Christian, we see these journeys in our own life. We see these journeys in our own life. And, and so that's how I want us to look in, in my section. And the section I have today is we're going to be talking about bondage and redemption. Okay, because this is what's happening. Moses comes. I mean, this is the story where Moses comes back to the people, and he has. You know, I just like this. I thought it was cool. I don't really have a reason to have it, except, <laughs> except I liked it, and I know Moses and Aaron both had one. We're not going to talk about it today, but Prince of Egypt does a great thing when they turned into snakes, okay? So if you haven't seen the Prince of Egypt. See, the reason I didn't want to do Exodus, and I really didn't get it. I saw the Ten Commandments as a kid. That's dating myself. We showed our kids the Prince of Egypt, so we thought we had it covered. So anyway, so, so, so he came with his sign, and that's where we're going to talk. He had his signs, the, the rod that turned into a snake, and then he also had the sign where he put his hand in. Who knows what, what happened when he put his hand in his shirt? He had leprosy. What a horrible sign. Oh, well, look. <laughs> I'm a leopard. Oh, I'm not a leopard. Okay, he had his signs. And this is, this is where we're picking up today <laughs> in Exodus 4, 29 and 31. This is, this is so awesome. They worshiped when they hear the Lord cares. 
Then Moses and Aaron were gathered together, all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then he did the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that looked that he had looked on their inflictions they bowed their heads and worshiped you know here here they're not even delivered yet but you know what struck them and and moved them to to bowing their head and worship is that god was paying attention to them they were struck to worship because all of a sudden they had the message that god heard your prayer sometimes we we feel like, like no one's listening. You know, we feel like our family's not listening. We feel like people don't really care about us. But, but here in this story, they, they received the word that God heard them. And they worshiped. They believed. They worshiped. Wow. What a powerful thing that it, it doesn't even have to be the, the actual deliverance because they weren't delivered for a while. But they were worshiping, they were moved because God cares. And God cares for us today. The second portion, and then I picked out these portions, we're going to go through them, and then we're going to go a little deeper here. The second thing, first, they, they worship. Here, Moses shows up. Aaron did all the signs because uh, Moses needed a helpmate. So Aaron did all the signs, and, and they believed. Not because of the signs. They believed because, and they worshiped because God heard their, their afflictions. Okay. Then something happens here in, in Exodus 6, 2 to 5. I picked it up. Then God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty. But, but my name, Lord, was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. And I also heard the groanings of the children of Israel, who the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant." God has renewed his covenant with the people of Israel. And this is so important. It is not about the people of Israel. It's about the covenant that God has with them. So here, what had happened in between is, is Moses went and met Pharaoh, and Pharaoh took away the straw for the bricks. And they're like, whoa, it's even harder and, God, and, and Moses goes back to God and says, what are you doing? It's, you're, I'm supposed to be delivering him. You made it harder. And then instead of answering why he's doing it, God renews his covenant. He said, this is who I am. This is who the people are. They're a covenant people. He renews that covenant. And he said, he said I'm going I'm to deliver them because I remember my covenant. Okay. Next thing in the scripture, Exodus 6, 9, it says this. And this is important. I, I, don't, I couldn't figure out how to, to, to title this portion here. It says, um, I put God does not respond to them because of their hope. Okay. And that's not even right. God, 
I mean, I, I can't put it into words, but the, the reality is this, is, is, is what they're feeling has nothing to do with their future deliverance. In Exodus 6, 9, it says this. So Moses spoke to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of the, the tract, because they were in such anguish. They were such bondage, you know. But God's deliverance has nothing to do with their hope and faith. Because if you lose hope and faith, it's not your hope or faith that saves you. It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope has to be connected to something. It just can't hang out there as an entity. You can't just have hope unless it's connected. I hope in God. I trust in God. I have faith in God. So, so God does not respond to them because of their hope. Okay. And then the next thing is God begins Israel's redemption in this passage. Um, so this is Exodus seven fourteen through 17. So the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refused to let the people go. Go to the Pharaoh in the morning when he, goes out, when he goes out to the water, and you shall stand by the river's bank to meet him. The rod which has turned to a serpent you shall take in your hand. See, here I got the rod. Mine doesn't turn into a serpent. I, I think that would be pretty cool, but it doesn't. Okay. And you shall say to him, Lord God of Hebrews has sent me to you saying, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. But indeed, until now you will not hear. Thus says the Lord, by this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the waters that are river and the rod in my hand and they shall be turned to blood. Exodus 7. 14 through 17. So he starts Israel's redemption. Okay. Now I'm not going to go into them all. I'm not going to read them all. But then he goes, and my portion is the first nine, first nine plagues. Next week, the good plague I don't have. So, so here, let's talk a little bit about the plagues. Divided the first nine and one, and one standing out from the others, the awful loss of the firstborn. Nine again arranged in threes. This arrangement is marked by the way and the place and time which they are announced to the king or the abruptness of the coming without announcement, but their effects on him and the magicians. Speaking of their effects, I will, this is all from uh, commentary, Gray's commentary. Speaking of their effect, I will uh, be seeing that at the time of the third, the magicians acknowledge the finger of God. At the sixth, they can no longer stand before Moses. At the ninth, Pharaoh ref refused to see his face further. Finally, first three fall alike on the Hebrews and the Egyptians, but the last seven are reserved for the latter alone. Okay, so we see these plagues happening. They all come, they're horrible. Take, read through the plagues sometimes, and they're horrible. Not right now, though. Okay. But during this time, it's interesting, the hardening, of heart, uh, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. In the story, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart is spoken of 19 times. In 11, which God is said to have done the hardening. In 3, Pharaoh is said to have done it. In 5, it's simply announced as being done. So here we have the beginning of Israel's redemption. And I look at this and I think, what is, what's the deal going on? Why all the drama? 
I mean, why? You know, God could have snapped his finger and they'd be free. But we have this whole big buildup. Why the hardening of hearts? Why does fair, you know, why, why all this stuff going on? And the reason is, is because God is establishing a redemption story for the lifetime, for all time. In fact, we are still talking about it today. This story, it makes great movies. Just ask Steve Spielberg and, and what, the, what he did, the Prince of Egypt, okay? His first comic book or whatever, but anyway, cartoon. But it, they stand up, it stands up. So God is doing all this. If, if he would have just went in and, and they would have walked out free, what story would be there? Okay? It's for the ages. Listen what, what uh, Psalm 78 says. Because this is what he's establishing. Psalm 78, 5 through 7 says this. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should, should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born. They may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. So here we're on Father's Day, and here this story's coming about, and God is setting this redemption story in, in Exodus so we could share it with our children, so our children can share it with their children. It's this big story that's growing and growing and growing. Why? So they could put their hope in God. Not that they they, they could be good, not that they could do the right things. This story is about them hoping and connecting to God. Wow. So here, all this stuff happened. So the question is today is, so what? When we were in um, Maryland, there was a popular local pastor who had a radio show. And he would always get to the point, and he said, so what? This happened in Exodus. So what? So what does it mean to us? So what does it mean to us? And I want to look at this here. So this is what it means to look at us. Today, when we think of Egypt and Pharaoh, it's a type. It's a type of the, the, the world around us and the devil. Today, our spiritual journey mirrors Exodus. It mirrors Exodus. When we go through our lives, we should be mirroring these five things. We should be mirroring bondage, redemption, pilgrim, law, and grace. They're all part of our lives. And it's interesting. To, you fit somewhere in this storyline today, and sometimes you bounce around. Sometimes... You're in bondage, and sometimes you're in redemption. Sometimes you're in the pilgrimage. You're in the process. And unfortunately, I would like to say in your Christian walk, you, you're, you're right in, in grace all the time. But sometimes we find ourselves back in bondage again. Why? Because bondage starts out as a blessing. Bondage sometimes feels good at first. And then it comes in and robs us. So we fit somewhere in this line. Okay, so when we look at these, this storyline today, 
today, just like the Israelites, you can worship today because the Lord hears you and cares for you. You are not alone in this room today. Just as we read in Exodus, they came and they heard from Moses and Aaron, and they're like, God cares for us. God sees your situation. It doesn't matter where you're at today, God sees you. You know, I know some people here, some people I know vaguely, some people I don't know at all. But God knows each one of you. And that's part of your story today, that today he knows you just like he knew the Israelites. Know today, the second thing is that God is faithful with his covenant. God is faithful with his covenant. Um, Philippians 1 6 says this being confident of this very thing that he who had begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is working in you and he is faithful in that. So wherever you're at today, know that, that that thing that God started, that new life in Christ that God started, he's going to work it out. He's in it. He's in it. And this is the next thing from Exodus 6-9. You don't have to jump through hoops in the times that you're overwhelmed. God sends a Moses. You know, God sends a Moses. He cares for you. You know, God loves us when we're unlovable. God cares for us when we don't care for others. He's, you know, I'm dating myself. When I, when I was a kid, we had Saturday morning cartoons. Does anyone have, you had Saturday morning cartoons? Wow, okay. See, I don't know what static shock is, but we watch Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons. One of the ones we watch is Popeye. You know who Popeye? Popeye was in love with olive oil. <laughs> I never got it. And this, this girl would go off with Brutus all the time. Leave him behind because he thought Brutus was better. And Popeye would always go rescue. I'm thinking, you know, if I was Popeye, I'd let that girl alone. <laughs> you know, but the same. When we're unlovable, God still loves us. God still loves us. God's still working. You know, I was at, I was very unlovable at times. You know, we had the songs, you know, how he loves and some of the things in the worship today. Um, I, I was, had a rough teenage year, teenage years. And, and I had uh, two older sisters and a younger brother and a younger sister. And my parents had gone away one time and left my, my oldest sister was at home. Um, Linda, who was my, my, my oldest sister had moved out by this time, but Linda in charge. And so they went away and I proceeded to, to go and, and do what I did at the time and I went out with my friends, and 
I did a lot of little black pills that we called Dexies. I smoked a lot of pot. I drank a lot of alcohol. I broke curfew. When I came back, I got into a fight with my brother and my sister, and, and it was really ugly. It was really ugly. So my sister called my grandfather. My sister called my grandfather. And, and I lived in the basement of our house. So she's like, I'm calling grandfather. And so, I'm out. so I'm, I went down in the basement of the house. And, and, and it was just a real, it was, you know, it was the 70s. It was a real con weird configuration I had set up in the basement where I lived. And so I had my, my bed in this weird little cubby. And so I crawled in there, and, and my grandfather, had, he lived about 15, 20 minutes away. He came over, and he came down the steps after, you know, I did all this stuff, and I was still high as a kite and stuff. And he comes down the steps, and, and I pretended to be asleep. Okay? The parents, remember this. Remember the saying, okay? It, it, he who pretends to be asleep is hardest to awake. Because if you're really asleep, you wake up when people wake you up. But I'm pretending to be asleep. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm working. I'm pretending to be asleep. And my grandfather comes down and and he starts giving me a lecture. You know, and I love my grandfather. He's the one who took me fishing. He was actually a lot of things I do today is because of my grandfather. And so, but but I was just in such a rebellious time. And he start he goes on and and start here, here I'm like 14 years old, and he goes through this whole list of how he's disappointed, all this stuff. And I'm pretending to be asleep the whole time. The very last thing he says, he said, you know what, John? No matter what, I believe in you and I love you. And he walked up the steps. Even when I was unlovable, he loved me. Even when I was unlovable. And you know what? Our human grandfathers and fathers fail all the time. They choose not to love their children all the time. We have a God who loves us no matter what. And, I, and I've never told that story before. I wish I would have talked to my grandfather about it, but I never did. But that stuck with me that even though I was disappointing him. Now, God calls us out when we're disappointing him. He's going to point out while we disappointed him, but his love for us doesn't change. And my grandfather's love did not change. So fathers, remember that. Always, always end your time with your kids, that you love them, that you're proud of them. And remember this, God is working on your redemption story. God is working on your redemption story. Why all the drama? Why all the hard hearts? It's because God is establishing in you 
a redemption story for the ages. God is establishing you a story that will remain with you, that you can share. I know in my story, God delivered me from drugs and alcohol and, and all other kind of addictions. And he is still working in my life today. But when we look at Exodus, let it come home. Put yourself in this story. Put yourself in the bondage. What are you dealing with in areas of bondage? God can free you. God can free you. I just want to close. God put this on my heart this morning. It's an old song. I talked about this book I got 22 years ago. This song I got like 22 years ago, I heard the first time. It's a song that was written by Daryl Evans. It was sung by many gospel bands. I think uh, you know, Israel, I forget his last name. It starts with an H. What is it? Yes. It simply says this, and I want you guys to think of it today as we're closing this time in Exodus. See, they were in bondage, but God brought redemption. And we're going to see it sealed next week as they talk about the Passover. It says this, I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. Then it's simply, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Then it says, I am pressed but not crushed, persecuted. And this, this is what got me, not abandoned. You might feel like you're abandoned, but you're not. He's working. He's with you. I am blessed beyond the curse for his promise. That thing he started in you will endure. And that joy is going to be my strength. Though the sorrow may last the night, his joy comes in the morning. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for everyone here. I thank you, Lord God, this day that you're about deliverance. You're about setting people free. God, show us, Lord God, that, that you are active in our redemption story. And Lord God, that our redemption story is a story for the ages. Help each one here to Connect with the value of the story of freedom. Help everyone be encouraged about that story of freedom. In Jesus' name. One last thing I meant to say that I forgot. Um, is when they couldn't do it themselves, God sent Moses and Aaron. And there are times that God sends Moses and Aaron to you. There are other times that you are Moses and Aaron sent to other people. So, so remember the redemptive story. You are in your own redemptive story, but you touch other people's redemptive story. Let the story grow beyond your circle. And sometimes someone's going to be a Moses or Aaron to you. Other times, allow yourself to be Moses and Aaron to other people. Amen.